Welcome to the Sooners Extra Podcast post-game edition after the Big 12 championship game. I'm Ryan Aber from the Oklahoman. We, along with uh, columnist Barry Trammell, the Sooners Extra Podcast is always presented by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. And Barry, a heck of a game we just saw here at AT&T Stadium. Well, it probably shouldn't have been that close, 30-23 in overtime. But you got to give Baylor credit. They found a way to get two or three big plays. And uh, with two quarterbacks, neither one of which is Charlie Brewer. <laughs> so, they, you know, they, they gave the Sooners quite a scare. But at the end, um, OU's offense was efficient enough that you could count on them in overtime. And OU's defense was good enough that, you know, they gave up two inexplicable 80-yard plays, 78 and 81 <laughs> yards. Outside of that, they just – you know, they kept the hammer on Baylor. So, um, a, a riveting game that was great for the Big 12, great for the playoff situation. Georgia loses to LSU. Looks like the Sooners are shoe-ins uh, for the playoff. Yeah, it certainly does. And I I think we'd be stunned if they weren't in the playoff at this point, especially, like you said, after uh, LSU took care of Georgia pretty handily after uh, Utah fell to uh, Oregon on Friday night, but Barry, let's start in overtime because that's obviously the thing that's freshest on everybody's minds. You mentioned offense. The Sooners don't have Kennedy Brooks there uh, there in overtime after he got banged up, but uh, Ramondre Stevenson with the, the big run up the middle that was really keyed by a, a pretty good series of blocks up front. Yeah, you know, the overtime went great for the Sooners. What happened was first down – they get a Hurts thrown out on the flat to C.D. Lamb. Uh, he twists and um, gets his face mask pulled. So Baylor gives the Sooners a gift, gets him down to the 11. And, you know, the OU running game wasn't wasn't great, particularly in the first half. But in the second half, OU was running the ball pretty good. And so Hurts keeps for six. Stevenson plows in for five. It's one of, outside of like a just downside hike throw touchdown pass. 25 yards it's one of the easier overtimes you'll see um and so it all came down to that defense and i was pretty confident in the oklahoma defense because clearly baylor really is not driving the ball they're not making first downs they had eight the whole dang game (laughs) and they were getting sooners with some deep balls but you don't throw deep balls in overtime so uh, they just unleashed the pass rush and jacob zeno didn't know what hit him and why should he he's a true freshman who'd never played until Kansas last week. Third team, scout team, apparently lined up at safety in practice yesterday. <laughs> All kinds of – this was a fairy tale story the Bears were trying to write. Yeah, and uh, what what hit him, Barry, was Nick Benito and Jalen Redman, who had a fantastic uh, final two plays there on third down and, and fourth down, the sack on third down by both of those guys teaming up and then on fourth down uh redmond uh wrapping up zeno he got the pass off but it was not anywhere close to any baylor player no and redmond really got with it the whole game i thought but particularly yeah, he was fantastic tonight you know, the, the sooner pass rush was ferocious i mean i think i counted it up Let's see six sacks Seven? Six sacks, the most since uh, Texas when they had nine, and they hadn't had more than three in a game since then. And I think it was seven hurries 
and it was seven hurries and did not let Baylor's short passing game exist. Really, I mean, it, yeah, they hit. A 29 and a 33-yarder in the first half, and then the two long ones by Zeno in the fourth quarter. But they were 9 of 27 passing. 9 of 27 passing with six sacks is that's, – that's, that's a disastrous offense. So I thought it was – you know, I, I went into that overtime feeling pretty good about OU's chances. If they scored, which they did, and then I thought, well, this is bad for Baylor. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're going to bring in uh, Abby Bitterman here. I'm here. Um, Set down a little bit late, but uh, I'm, I was I was doing things. Of, of course, it's a, a busy evening, afternoon. But uh, Abby, that that defensive stand there in overtime, what to you is the most impressive thing about that four play stretch that ended, uh, like I said, with uh, Jalen Redmond wrapping up Baylor's quarterback and sort of flinging him to the ground as the ball skidded out harmlessly. I mean. To me, I mean, you already talked about, you know, Jalen Redmond and Nick Benito and how great they were. But to me, if you would have told me that a defensive stance like that could happen a year ago or even at points this season, I probably wouldn't have believed you. And so I think that that was kind of just like the cap on top of, you know, this OU defense is truly so much better than it once was. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And obviously a lot of that comes up front with the pressure that they've been able to apply not only today but uh, over a lot of the season. But, Barry, today the back end of the defense was every bit as good. And, once again, Parnell Motley was a massive, massive part of that. Denzel Mims has been a Sooners killer in his career. And today, zero catches. He had one catch that wound up uh, being uh, negated by a penalty. Right. They, uh, I think you had the stat, 28 catches – 300-something yards, six touchdowns yeah. in yeah. his career against OU, three yeah. games for Denzel Mims. And today they threw him at least four, and he didn't catch any of them, and he didn't drop them. They, he, they were well defended. So uh, Parnell Motley had a good day. He was he also was tackling very well too. So yeah. just a big-time day. But the safeties played well. I thought Turner Yell had a good game. Patrick Fields had a good game. Yeah, um, just a, I thought it was a solid. Now Trey Brown got beat a couple times, but that's all he right. He did. That's what happens. That happens. He also made a perhaps game-saving play when he yeah. ran down Chris Platt in the last On the, three, the four minutes. Seventy-eight yarder, 78 right? Seventy-eight yarder, and he drags him down about the twenty, and that means uh, Baylor eventually had to settle for a field goal. Yeah, so uh, a fantastic game for Oklahoma's defense today, and fantastic game, Abby from from Alex Grinch who uh, talked a lot about after the game, just about something that really sort of along the lines of what Barry wrote, just sort of rebuilding the psyche of this defense and the the process that he had to go through to get them from where they were. When he arrived, he said that he talked about the spring being rough. He said, there were times I didn't want to be here. uh, To get them from that point to to where they are today. you got to love that honesty. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's a little refreshing. Yeah, and I think he, correct me if I'm wrong, but he also took kind of the blame for those for those two big plays that Baylor was able to break out in the second half, right? He kind of yeah, fell on the blame he, for the play calling. He said it was, on they, the were, defensive they were end. bad calls. He said he, he put his guys in bad positions. And, uh, you know, going into overtime, he's like, well, I'm just trying not to screw this up. But, Barry, it's interesting that on third and fourth down, he went with the exact same play call 
on both of those plays and, and dialed up the pressure from, again, Benito and Redmond. Uh, Baylor blocked it a little bit differently each time, but the results were virtually the same. Well, and what a terrible situation for Baylor. Charlie Brewer goes out. Now, in five possessions, Charlie Brewer had not done anything. <laughs> yeah. Baylor started doing stuff, something on offense when they changed quarterbacks. Uh, Gary Bohannon, both times. Both times. <laughs> Gary Bohannon comes in, gets him 10 points thanks to Ooh. OU turnovers. Yeah, but, but what a pass that but, touchdown pass but he had, was. He had a couple of nice plays. And then in the fourth quarter, Bohannon was sort of banged up, but he's also not an effective thrower. Zeno's a better arm. He really doesn't know what he's doing. He's literally never played before last week at KU. <laughs> and he comes in and he hits two home run throws. Um, but you put him in overtime, and here's the deal. If you come after him, good chance good things will happen, and that's what they did. Sooners, four straight passes by Baylor in overtime, and – Four straight heavy rushes. He had no time to yeah. do much of anything. Gets gets away three of the, the, the passes. The one, obviously, was the sack, but only one of the passes was anywhere close to a, a receiver, so not much of a chance for, for Baylor to make a play there. Um, so just a, a fantastic finish uh, to this football game. We're going to take a quick break there. We're going to be back uh, to talk more. Big 12 Championship game. The Sooners Extra Podcast once again is presented by Zaxby's. Uh, we'll be right back on the Sooners Extra. Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. I'm Ryan Aber. Here with Abby Bitterman, who is really disappointed she missed the first segment and missed the ad read. We'll do it again at the end, though. And Barry Trammell. Uh, Abby, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Oklahoma's offense. Um, what about A it? little bit different today. It's been a while since we've seen the explosiveness out of C.D. Lamb, but we got that right out of the gate, and he was fantastic today. Eight catches, 173 yards, didn't get to the end zone but uh, had a major, major effect on this game. I mean, that first play that he had, that first big play he had where he kind of ran up the Sooners sideline, bunch of spins, you know, made some people miss. I could could watch that play over and over again. And in the box, I think we all did watch (laughs) it over and over again. It was was the kind of play that they've been missing from CeeDee Lamb since before the last time they played Baylor. It was a great play, and C.D. had another one to set up the field goal mm-hmm. later. Yeah. It looked like it was going to be C.D. Lamb's game, and he ended up being the most outstanding yeah. player. And then he had another one on the, the final drive of regulation that it looked like might Yeah, he had 30-yarder to roll. get him out of a first and 20 hole, which is an unsung play. That's a big play because yeah. he's first and 20 at the 15. Yeah, if they don't get a first down there, Baylor has some time to work, and yeah. all of a sudden it's a, a little bit different finish. So, but, um, so, but C.D. was great. He was fantastic. Now – I didn't think Jalen Hurts played all that well. No, I didn't. Not at all. Seventeen to twenty-four for him. An interception. A really bad interception too. Bad interception. Yeah. Um, wasn't a good play at all. Had uh, the the one fumble. Right, one fumble. Yeah, uh, yeah, on yeah. One fumble. Set up the field goal. Um, that that was more uh, a uh, protection situation. Sorry. He should have known. He should have sensed that it was coming because I mean the yeah. pocket was collapsing pretty quickly. Yeah, it it really was. But Barry, that 
sort of goes along with something you talked about earlier, and we can get back into Jalen Hurts in a second, but early on Oklahoma's offensive line was really shaky for a group that's been really good for a long time. Of course, it happens when you've got a guy like Lynch on the other side who is just uh, phenomenal. Not good in the first half. I thought they were better in the second half. They protected better. They did some, uh, got some running going a little bit. Stevenson ended and they, up breaking a few. Yeah, sorry, Barry. They had to do it with Eric Swenson in there. Right. At, uh, Adrian Ely goes out. Right, yeah. tackle after Adrian Ely goes down. They had to shuffle some stuff around. So, um, But let's go back to Jalen Hurts some. Yeah, not not a good game at all, Barry. What's your sense? Is he uh, is he going to be one of the guys invited to New York this next weekend? I think so. I think he'll be in the top four, and he might finish in the top third. He might finish second. I mean, somebody's got to finish second. Who's going to finish second? My thing. Who would is, you vote for second? Well, I don't know. I hadn't. I don't vote on anything. So. I don't know. I might vote for somebody from Auburn. I like the way they play, so I might vote for somebody. Who's their best <laughs> defensive player? Um, but well, the, like, the, the Ohio to St- me, the best defensive player. Well, to me, Joe Burrow's going to win it. There's, yeah. there's zero doubt about that Around. at this point. To me, the best player in college football right now is Chase Young. Yeah, he he, he probably will make it, but he could split the vote with Fields. People yeah, predisposed the, to vote for Ohio State guys. So. Of course, you know West uh, Westbrook, uh, Dede Westbrook, and uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield made both made it in sixteen, so yeah. it could happen. But I, I tend to think Jalen will be a Heisman finalist. Yeah, I. Because uh, here's do the too. deal: his numbers are still fantastic, and his leadership's fantastic, and all these nitpicking things. You know, people don't, unless you're covering the team, you don't really focus on those too much. Yeah, no, you're you're right about that. So I think there's a good shot that he. Uh, makes it to New York this weekend. Do you think, Barry, that CeeDee Lamb's going to win the Bolitnikoff after today? Sure has a good chance. Um, yeah. He's got a good chance. I'm trying to think uh, of who uh, the other two finalists were. Uh, LSU's. Uh, what the LSU, everybody in he, LSU seemed to be running around he crazy. He did not today. have big numbers today. I think he had like 60-something yards huh. uh, on maybe four catches. So it wasn't just the eye-popping numbers. And then the other one was uh, the the USC kid who uh, obviously didn't play right. today. He's got a good chance, and he's really good. You know, he's you know Kevin Sherrington of the Dallas Morning News came over after that 71-yard play and asked me, is he the best receiver in OU history? And I said, well, he's the best since Eddie Hinton, 1968. And he might be, he might be the best. So he's fantastic. Um, he – it's not just his ability to catch. You know, he doesn't catch. They don't throw deep much anymore to him. No. It's the short stuff that he turns into big plays, which we saw today. Yeah. Jay, uh, yeah. Uh, CeeDee Lamb has been fantastic on the, the short passes that he turns into 71 yards as he turns into touchdowns. Uh, like we said, didn't make the end zone today. But Abby, uh, a guy that probably gets overlooked in this game too, Reeves Munchau. Oh, yeah. Fantastic game from him. The really all kicking uh, has been fantastic for the Sooners. I remember earlier in the season you talking about what it must be like to be Reeves Munchau and only being called on like <laughs> once a game. And, you know, today I, I don't I – don't He had six. At, okay, six. Yeah, that feels so – He was like – That feels like – He was out there quite a bit. Yeah. 41.2-yard average, which is solid, but three inside the 20. Including one um, there near the end that – 
uh, was it the what one or two? At the one that might have been even too good of a punt because when they got to the one, Bagel clearly was just going to yeah, Bagel was just going to sneak it. And but if you put him at the eleven, I wonder if Bagel would have run out the clock or would they have tried to score? They probably yeah. would have run out the clock. But at that point, oh, you probably would have liked to have seen Bagel at the eleven. Throw maybe it around. Tries to see it, if you and maybe get, something maybe happens. Maybe something good happens, especially with that pass rush. Um, you know, I'm surprised they didn't get a turnover in overtime. The way he was just having to throw the ball up, he almost the almost the last play of the game well, almost was a pick. He just threw it into no man's land. He didn't yeah, throw there it near nobody, a bear yeah. or sooner. There was a Caleb uh, Kelly ran yeah, up. Caleb and Kelly caught it on a short almost caught it on a short bounce. But yeah, Re- but. Reeves Mundishow, too good of a punter. You heard it here first. <laughs> That's what Barry has to say, but Barry, uh, Gabe Burkich, another fantastic day for him. Well, he's 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 money. He's money. Three field goals, a forty-four yarder. Um, of course, you're in you're in pristine conditions. You ought to make a forty-four yarder. No no wind, no grass, uneven grass, no nothing. It's perfect conditions. You ought to make it. Doesn't stop the Dallas Cowboys, but uh, but Burkich is a uh, he he's money. So that's good. They've got a kicker. The, the kicking game was solid. Kick returns were not great. Uh, they, Trey no, Brown ran Trey, a couple. He shouldn't have brought, got yeah, hurt got on one. Hurt on one of them, and at that point, if you're OU, you're really holding your breath because yeah, you don't need Trey, Trey Brown. Burn and they needed him as he showed there at the end of the ball game. Yeah, because they uh, they only have three cornerbacks who are really capable of playing right now, and if you lose one of those guys, uh, you're you're in real trouble. Um, Abby. Wanted to touch on this because Barry mentioned Caleb Kelly earlier. Now that OU seems headed for the playoff, this possibility oh, about yes. Caleb, Caleb Kelly in a fifth game comes, comes much real. more into focus. Let's hold our horses. <laughs> <laughs> they got to be, they they, be Ohio State or LSU. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not saying that they're going to do that. I mean, heck, they haven't won a playoff game any of the three t- previous times they've been there. But you at least have to consider it. And Abby, I want to start with you. What do you do? How do you approach this if you're Lincoln Riley, if you're Caleb Kelly? Well, I think, and I may be quoting someone that I heard in the press box once, but you know, I think I think you play him in the playoff game because if if OU loses in that playoff game, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everything's fine. But if you play him in the playoff game and OU wins. And then they're in the championship game, and they can't play Caleb Kelly because they want to be able to play use him next year. Well, they made it to the championship yeah, game, the and that's that's game. one better than they did yeah. uh, the previous times they were in the playoffs. So I think, I mean, I don't know if your question was, do you play him in this next game? But I think well, you do. Yeah, and you, then you absolutely play him in the next game. Then, I don't think there's any doubt about yeah, that. And then you're the saying, championship you're saying, game. You're asking if we play him in the semifinals, and then if they win, does he play in the final? Is yes, that what you're asking? Yes, that's what I'm asking. Now, that's a question yeah. for our times. <laughs> what, what about you, Barry? What do you think? Well, I think it's just whatever Caleb Kelly wants. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be up to him. Just My sense from talking to him is that if they make the championship game as much as he wants to play in a national championship – He'll sit out and save the year because you don't trade one game for an entire season. Well, and it's not like he's playing. No, he's not playing fifty snaps a game. Yeah, and I mean, he it, played a bunch today. And it's not like he's going to be a first round draft pick or potentially a draft pick at all right. if he comes out right now. Yeah, I, I would bet he would probably sit out. I bet he would sit out. 
Yeah. I just really like Barry's excitement when our fellow media member does get in the game. <laughs> I think that's fired up. Fired up. I mean, if you don't know, Caleb Kelly's since he's been hurt. When he got hurt, he's sort of hanging out with some of the uh, OU uh, television uh, students who uh, produce the you know the the OU nightly and that kind of stuff. He's at every press conference as a member of the media. Even yeah. asked Jay Unhurt's a good question. Even now he's coming. Yeah, which is and he's a better interview than everybody that's up there except for Lincoln. So, <laughs> crying out loud, we got well, it all backwards. Well, and Deshaun White, Barry. He doesn't come though. Deshaun White doesn't come. I'm talking uh, about on okay, Mondays. Okay, I'm talking on about on Monday at press yeah. con- uh, the press conference. Okay, because Caleb, well, not as much any anymore now that he's playing, but uh, before would come to Monday and Tuesday nights. Uh, yeah, well. that's right. He would. That's exactly right. And hold a camera. So I'm happy for him. I talked to him after the game. Um, he said he gave me a quote about brainwashing. You know, they've been brainwashed to forget, like those two home run plays by Bagel in the fourth quarter. He said we've been brainwashed to forget about him. If we do something good, doesn't matter. Go out there and stop him. If we do something bad, doesn't matter. Go out there and stop him. So, um, but yeah, he's 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 a success story. This has been a this has been a plus getting him back playing uh, with this defense yeah no doubt about it we're going to take uh one final break and be back with the uh final segment of the sooners extra podcast presented by zaxby's this once again is the sooners extra podcast powered by the oklahoma Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. Once again, I'm Ryan Aber here with Abby Bitterman. We might be joined by uh, some other folks here in the final segment. But, uh, Abby, we touched on it earlier, but everything to this point looks like it's fallen in the Sooners' favor. Going to the playoff, um, The I guess, first of all, where do you see the Sooners going and who do you anticipate them playing? Well... Where do I see them going is a lot easy, of an easier question than who do I anticipate them playing. I would say that I almost for sure see them going to the Peach Bowl in Atlanta um, but as, as the four seed. But who do I see them playing? I mean, if Ohio State, like just whoops Wisconsin then I think that yeah, Ohio State will probably stay at number one we're talking but, now uh on Saturday evening oh, as Ohio Clemson State's losing while we're talking right now what is the score there because we got seven I, to nothing but seven also nothing? at at the time of me saying this there's eight minutes in the first yeah they got plenty of time left but uh LSU the way that they beat up on Georgia Yes. I think at least opens the door for LSU passing Ohio State to get to the number one I was, seed. I was going to say, I think that if if I was in the committee room, I think that, I don't know, I would say that LSU has a real strong argument to move up one, but that's just me. If you're OU, who would you rather face, Ohio State or LSU? Well, I th- hmm, Ohio State is real complete, I would say. Um LSU, hmm, I don't know. I feel like I'd maybe want to, if I was OU, I'd want to face LSU. Well, I'll, I'll give you my answer, and I can tell you, uh, I tell you pretty confidently what OU and Lincoln Riley's thinking. They want to face LSU yeah. a thousand times before they face Ohio State, and it's because, like you said, Ohio State such a complete team. LSU really good on offense. Joe Burrow's fantastic, but OU. Feels good about their defense right now, and LSU's defense, not that good. 
this is a lot like it's it's not as bad as what Oklahoma's defense has been the last couple of years before this year, but it's also not that far from it. LSU has really struggled uh, defensively, and if you're Oklahoma sitting there with Ceedee Lamb, you hope Kennedy Brooks is healthy. Jalen Hurts done doing what he's done to this point. I think that's the best matchup out of these three teams that uh, are likely to finish ahead of OU. Are you saying that up is down and down is up and <laughs> a team in the SEC won their conference title looking kind of like OU in recent years and Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I defense I wouldn't call LSU's defense a disaster or anything, but <laughs> I I think yes, well, yeah. Couldn't call it that. Could call some OU defenses that, but I mean, somebody did call OU's defense that this week. Okay, well that person was wrong. Like like I, that's I'm sorry, but what I watched today is very far from a disaster. Well, it is. and, and I've the, seen disasters at OU, and the, that's not the, one. Well, yeah, the reality is is uh, some of the people who get on TV and talk about football for a living sometimes don't exactly watch the entire thing, and they might take a snippet or they might take something that they've learned for three or four years, four or five, six years, and just think it's automatically going to apply like – Jim Mora this week with talking about I was wondering how, when you were going to name drop well I tried to withhold it for as long as possible but we got to say it um, talking about how Baylor was just offense no defense their defense was awful uh, OU was the same thing I mean clearly hasn't watched no. much of this conference this this league this season these two teams correct I'm, I'm sure I mean, he did today yes well, would I, would, I would hope. I don't know. Maybe he <laughs> was doing other things. So I, if I had to guess, LSU would be one tomorrow, barring Ohio State just coming out and whipping up Wisconsin the rest of the way. Uh, Ohio State, too, um, which would make me think that Oklahoma is headed to the Peach Bowl to face LSU. Um, they've never played in Georgia, much less the Peach Bowl. I don't know. I'm sorry. I probably should have known that. I'm sorry I didn't. Yeah, they have. That's, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I, wish I knew, Barry was around I knew that until um, the Rose Bowl in 2017, they had never played Georgia. So I guess I should have put two and two together on that. Yeah, because they never but, played. I don't think they've ever played Georgia Tech, or at least haven't in Atlanta. Um, what about Georgia Southern and Georgia State? Something tells me they've never made visits there. <laughs> Sounds right. Actually, I know they've never made visits there, but uh, that's beside the point. But interesting uh, return to the homeland for a couple of Sooners. One who's hurt, Trey Sermon, uh, yep. gets to go back to Atlanta. Two, uh, Jaden Hazelwood, the uh, freshman receiver, hadn't played a ton lately compared to earlier in the year. He's from uh, Georgia and gets to go back longtime Georgia commit, but uh, has roots in Oklahoma City. Um, so that'll be interesting for those guys. Uh, Barry, I'll bring you in here uh, for this one. We just talked talking about OU possibly going to the Peach Bowl. OU has never played a game in the state of Georgia. That's interesting. Never played Georgia Tech. Never played Georgia until the Rose Bowl. So, yeah. Um, haven't made it down to Statesboro to play Georgia Southern. So <laughs> there you go. Um, it'll be new. 
It'll be new ground. You don't want to play an SEC team, SEC team in Atlanta. Yeah. So if you played Ohio State. Well, okay, so here's here's the question. We were just talking, and I said oh, Oklahoma's coaches, zero doubt, want to face LSU yeah. when you talk about those three. But when you talk about the dynamic of playing LSU in Georgia, the heart of SEC country, what would you rather do? I don't, I'm not optimistic about either one of those matchups, so I don't know. OU, I mean, to LSU, me, I think, send them to the – Send yeah, them to the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, yeah, well, don't, don't we wish all the world was sunshine and lollipops? <laughs> no, it's going to be Atlanta. I think I, the only way I can I can't fathom I can't fathom a I can't fathom oh how OU gets to the Fiesta. I can't think of it. Can't think of a way. Well, Ryan, I mean, to me, if Ohio State loses, I don't think they're going to fall to fourth. Well, it would take Virginia somehow. Blowing or Virginia somehow upsetting Clemson in this game. If I Virginia think. and Wisconsin both won, both won. I think it would. I think, I think if Virginia won, it would knock Clemson at least down to four. Yeah, I agree. But then whoever played Clemson, Ohio State or LSU, they'd send them to the Fiesta Bowl because Clemson's hundred miles from Atlanta or hundred twenty, yeah. whatever it is. So it's I, I've I've got no scenario by which we can go to Phoenix. Do you All think? Right, so do you get think, ready for Atlanta? <laughs> Atlanta ATL. Do you think though that Atlanta is too much in like the heart of SEC country that that would make any of a difference for who to give like if LSU was in the Peach Bowl to give them an unfair advantage or no? If you're the no, if you're the, seed, the higher seed, they, they want to give you an unfair advantage. advantage. Yeah, they don't do it for fair. Yeah, it's not about fair. It's just about protecting the, the one love seed. The seeds, and it's man. yeah, it's only people the one love, seed. People love their seeds. They love yeah. their seeds. Uh, anything else, Barry, that intrigues you about tomorrow when it, as it relates to the Big Twelve, as it relates just to the college football playoff? Ohio State, LSU. Who's number one? I think it ought to be LSU. But I do too. I've had LSU number one for a long time in my poll. I would have to retire to get on the committee, and I don't really think it's worth it. So they'll have to do it without me. So I got no vote. But I think, you know, it's uh, as we talk, Wisconsin's beating Ohio State early. Yeah. But I think there's a chance LSU could jump back up. I mean, they'll have beaten Alabama in Tuscaloosa and Georgia in Atlanta. Yeah. And, and oh, yeah, also beat Auburn. Yeah, and whipped up on Georgia today. Um, they won at Auburn. Was that game at Auburn? Uh, I can't remember. I think it was at Auburn. I think they won at Auburn. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Georgia won at Auburn. Yeah. So LSU beat Auburn in Baton Rouge. And LSU also beat Florida in Baton Rouge. Yeah. So we're gonna have four top eleven wins. That's it's fantastic. Um so, what about the rest of the New Year's six, Barry? What uh I think Baylor will stay in the top ten. So you think they go to the, the sugar? I think well, they, they go should. to the sugar. I think they should too. They dang near beat the Sooners today. So yeah. I think they'll go to the sugar and play Georgia probably. Baylor. Georgia. Wait, don't Georgia. they yeah. have to go to the don't they have to go to the Sugar Bowl? Baylor does. Yeah. If, yeah. yeah. So if OU makes a playoff. Is, is who would they know. play? Uh, yeah. Georgia yeah. or Alabama, I'll bet it's Georgia. Well, I, I think you get – I think the pecking order would be Georgia, Florida, Auburn, Alabama. I don't – there's – Well, unless they – if it was Oklahoma, I could see them matching. Maneuvering it, yeah. But I don't think Alabama's going to be in the top ten anyway. So, I think, I think you'll see Baylor, Georgia, and the Sugar – I think, uh, you know, as long as Wisconsin goes ahead and loses, I mean, yeah, I think you'll see Wisconsin-Oregon in the rose. And, I, and then in the, in the orange, I think you'll see 
Florida, Virginia. Yeah. Really Dudville game. Yeah. And then the cotton. And by the way, let's just say that Virginia, it's a contractual thing. They're, right. they're going yeah, to the orange. So the question is, is it Baylor or Utah in the cotton? I mean, I'm well, sorry, not no, Baylor, Utah. Not Baylor, is Utah. It, um, is it Utah or um, Penn State? Yeah, in the, in cotton, the cotton versus Memphis. Memphis. Did Memphis beat Cincinnati? Memphis did. did uh, okay. They scored late to win that game. Poor Cincinnati. But anyway, so that's really is it Penn State or Utah? Yeah, I. The way they love Utah, they can't. Okay, they going to jump off the train that quick? They should. But yeah, I I think Penn State deserves it, but we'll see yeah, what the committee sort of has to say. Where's Alabama going to go? Alabama then probably the go. Capital One. Probably the Cap One, probably. Yeah, which is the yeah. old Citrus, and then that would put uh, that would put a Alamo Bowl of. Utah versus, versus the either probably Texas, maybe Oklahoma State, depending on how they want yeah. to do it. I don't know. Now, there's been some talk about the Camping World Bowl wanting to try to get a Texas-Notre Dame. They would love Texas-Notre Dame. Well, yeah, they would throw a parade and, down um, the streets of, of Orlando. So I don't know. That'll, that'll be a fun one to watch. So I think that's a Oklahoma State-Utah would be an interesting matchup. Uh, and then you got... No, then you go to the uh, Texas Bowl, probably Kansas State versus whoever, maybe A&M, I don't know. Well, it'll be fun. we find out about 4 o'clock tomorrow, 3 o'clock, something like that. Yeah, so we'll see what happens tomorrow, but we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, You can uh, reach out to me, R-A-B-E-R, at Oklahoman.com. That's R-A-B-E-R, at Oklahoman.com, on Twitter, at R-Y-A-B-E-R. I'm Abby Bitterman at Abby underscore Bitterman on Twitter and in the joke that never gets old, a bitterman at Oklahoman.com on email. Speaking of bitter man, just call me. 405-760-8080. That's the actually the joke that doesn't get old. <laughs> it's true. But the Sooners Extra Podcast is presented by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today. Or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Abby's day is made, and this podcast is over. You can check out our work every day at oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoman for the best OU coverage in the